0: Hello my friends and welcome to Backable. Now I'm sure you've all heard the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. Now it's meant as a cautionary warning against the dangers of comparison. But is it always a bad thing? This week we sit down to discuss the necessity and benefit that comparison can play within your business when utilised in the proper way. Hope you enjoy.
1: You had to think about your most successful friend, family member, person in your community. If you had to name one right now, who would it be? Yeah, that's right. I'm waiting. Good. Now, why did you think of that person? And if you haven't thought of someone, think a little harder. So, what is it about them that gets them to the top of your list when you think about someone successful? And this is very important to understand because when we're growing a company or navigating our way through life, we generally compare ourselves to others. We benchmark ourselves subconsciously. We look at ways to see whether our progress is equal, better, worse than others. And what we generally do is gravitate towards someone who we see as the perception of the life we're trying to create, the life we want, the business we want, the things that they're doing. Obviously, through the world of social media that we get a snapshot of all the best bits of people's lives. So we've got this complete delusion that's been created for us all where we're looking at, wow, look at them. They've gone to Europe this year or they've got a new car or they've you know, won this award, whatever it is. But we have to be very, very careful because if we dwell on this a lot, we're going to start to find it very difficult to just focus on our lane. And we want to talk about that today, Lana, Nigel. Sometimes in this journey, we feel like we're doing everything but we're just not moving forward fast enough. And it's that compounding pressure of, why don't I have this yet? Why can't I afford to do this? Why don't I have a car? Why don't I have a house? Why don't I have the business that's killing it? Why don't I have the award? And I think we need to dissect this a little bit because I think on one level, it can be very, very healthy. But on another level, when you let this thought run free, you can basically waste years and years being jealous of something you shouldn't even be spending a moment thinking about. So, a nice fun thing to talk about today, Lana.
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> and this is one that, as you have said, is both in your personal life and in your professional life, because a lot of the time the two will intersect. And I know that the value that I can add here is social media, because my job is making people's lives on social media look
0: so you're part of the problem, really? I am really? The problem. <laughs> right, well, let's note that down for a future discussion. And this is probably um, really something that sticks out for small business owners because small business owners often are the solo one in their group that's taking all the risk themselves. All of their friends get into jobs and whatnot and can start that progress of accumulating earlier, whereas you sacrifice in the early stages to possibly win later. But that whole time that you're putting that work in, you've got to compare yourself to everyone else who's driving the cars, who's got the house, those kind of things.
1: I think that's where it starts, particularly for business owners. When a lot of people have probably gone a traditional way in their career path, they've potentially gone out and got a job early on, or they've gone to university and come out and got a job. Personally, this is something that I remember. I did a uni course and then opened my first business during uni. By the way, that wasn't the smartest thing, but you know we ended up here, so that's not too bad, I guess. What you started to see is people who had more traditional career paths were starting to make more money at different times. So while I was still trying to feed myself, they were taking the trips to Europe, being able to go to nice restaurants. They could afford nice-to-haves during our 20s or whatever it was. But at the time, that was pretty difficult because I'm like, there's no way I could afford to go to that restaurant right now and not suffer on the back end. Or someone would get a car and you realise, My car breaks down. I'm going to have to push it for the rest of the week type thing. Like I'm worried about the amount of fuel I'm putting in my car. I remember sitting at restaurants thinking, I can't afford to eat the steak. I'll go with the pasta or the pizza, whatever it is, because you just don't have the money. And everyone else is like, what am I missing here? It was just a different time compared to everyone else at that time. So friends that were more traditional they were just basically starting to earn, which is what you do in a traditional job or hopefully you're doing your traditional job because it's got a different pattern than running your own business. Our pattern was you're basically grinding. You know, I hate that word, but you're actually doing some really hard work. I mean, Lana, we had to move back with your parents for a year and a half because we were putting every dollar back into our business. you got to remember, we were a new established couple, so to speak. So we knew we were going to end up together and we were making decisions around the future. But we moved back with your parents just to save every dollar and reinvest it back into our company, which at the time, that was a big deal for us young couple living with your parents. Yes,
2: and <laughs> I, I don't Are you who, still harboring resentment? <laughs> it, was, it was the decision we made because of where we wanted to go. I find it interesting when people talk about the golden handcuffs, that they've started their career so early in corporate and now they're probably in their late 30s, early 40s and they can't leave the corporate job because the money's just too good. It's almost the exact opposite side at the exact opposite end of the timeline of what a business owner is feeling. If everything works out, the business owner feels that way that they haven't got anything, that they keep grinding, they don't have an option to get out of it at the start of the business. But as they get their business a bit more grounded, it's a bit more fundamental, they start to see the success. They've got many more options. And the corporate person has it the other way around.
1: I want to make sure we're not corporate bashing here. We obviously have an affinity towards business. And I think if we broke it down, it's for this reason. I like waking up every day in a game where I have unlimited upside and decision-making. So I can change my life daily. <laughs> At least that's the <laughs> illusion that I've created for myself. But with a corporate type of structure, you start to earn and you start to basically refine your life around your earning capability. You can probably plot out your next jumps from a corporate point of view and it accelerates really quickly. And then you get to a point a decade into your career where the jumps won't be as significant for most people in that environment. Some will still be obviously superstars. Some will use that to jump off into their own business, but when you're running your own business, what you're hoping for is establishing yourself and then having that ability to use the compounding efforts of many years of infrastructure in place, experience, and to be able to do multiple things. If you understand and get this game right, your earning potential can obviously be unlimited.
2: And so my point of what I was trying to make was (laughs) we moved in with my parents because we knew the compounding. Effort and effect and outcome that would actually have on our future life.
1: And we figured that for every dollar we can put back into our business now at the sacrifice of having our personal space was worth the risk or worth the investment. But a lot of people wouldn't do that. And by the way, I'm not suggesting everyone goes now and moves back in with their in laws or move back in with their parents. It's more the idea of at the time we're looking around at everyone else is starting to establish themselves. You know, there's discussions. When you go out with friends, or, oh, we're starting to save for a house. And I'm thinking, well, I'm trying to save for food next week. And it sounds pretty full on. But I mean, you know, when I sort of hit my early 30s, was essentially had nothing. You had it was me. From Sorry. I had a few priceless heirlooms. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want to objectify you there, Lana, but I'll just... <laughs> You're just precious, okay? <laughs> Gee, you've got to be careful what you say on these things, don't you really? But... It was the thing of so much energy and effort being put into the businesses up until that point that there was no free cash flow. And looking around at friends, it was actually very difficult to try and calibrate, am I the fool? Am I the one that doesn't get life? Everyone else seems to be progressing and I'm working what I felt was 10 times as hard with zero reward. What's missing here? And this is the delusion between, am I doing the right thing or do I have faith? I'm growing something that will pay off in the end. And obviously we had a breakthrough moment 12 months later for us where we got to start seeing some of the fruits of our past decade of efforts. But it was pretty, I feel like the word gnarly was, you know, is is not a word I use often, but it felt a bit like that. It was quite disturbing at the time.
2: It would have been easy for you to have a look around at everyone doing what they were doing, posting on social media, making their lifestyle what the lifestyle should be in talking marks and say well I deserve that and almost have a bit of a tantrum about your business not doing what you wanted it to do almost this idea of well I deserve this so if they get it why don't I get it
1: this idea of entitlement that's what we talk about now well I should have this now because I'm working so hard and this is probably one of the lessons that we need to all have as business owners is you're entitled to nothing don't just because you do the work don't get to have everything you want You have to do the work and actually keep adjusting to make sure that your work's leading to outcomes. And this is where I think the experience part comes in. You've got to understand which work is planting seeds for you to get there and which work is actually just busy work that is never going to lead to that compounding effort that gets you those breakthrough moments. If I look back in my 20s, half, three quarters, maybe 90% of my work was busy work. Not actually work that was compounding towards more tangible outcomes, but you need to learn that.
2: And you do learn it as you jump between startup, scale up, and investment. That is actually where you learn those lessons of the compounding effect. The bigger the jump, the harder the work that goes into it, but the easier it will be if you put the seeds at the very beginning in your startup phase. It makes every jump easier, but almost a bit more dramatic.
1: I want to talk a little bit about comparison. And its negativity. But I also want to talk about comparison in a way that is something that's probably not popular to say. I think it's a very healthy thing to do. And I think it's a high performance attribute that you personally and your company should have. But you need to understand why you're doing it, not allow it to be an external thing coming in, rather, an internal mechanism you use to. Monitor trends, see how you're benchmarking, seeing what's happening in your company. Comparison is used in high performance in a very effective way to fast track what you're doing because they're not looking at it as a jealousy thing. They're looking at it as that's a really clever way of doing that. How could I apply that to my business or life? This is not spoken about enough because it's only really in high performance where they use this as just a normal tool where everything in smaller business, particularly when you're starting out, when you're inexperienced. It's always put in with the basket of, oh, don't be jealous. Focus on yourself. The grass isn't always green. No, no, no. This is a really important skill. We just got to talk about the start where you're looking at it in the wrong way. But you don't want to get rid of this comparison type attitude because that's the thing that you should be using when you're getting
2: into high performance. we're
1: talking here in the zero to 1 million, that generally is done poorly because as we spoke about earlier, it was why don't I have this? Why can't I afford to have the special at the restaurant? This is a experience thing. So if you're in your business right now and you're sitting there and looking at your competitors and going, why do they always seem to get the opportunities or why are they bigger or why do they have a better social media presence or why do they get the article in the newspaper, whatever it is, it's the wrong way to use that muscle. That's low level thinking. That's inexperienced thinking. And if I think of myself now compared to then, I'm looking at it as, what's interesting about the opportunities they get? And is our business in the way of those type of opportunities? No? Great. What do I need to adjust? Here's that person. Gee, they seem to have a really nice balance with their life. What could I do to create more balance? Because if I am recognizing it in others, it means there's a lack of it in how I'm feeling. So I'm using it as, why am I triggered by it? Do I need to address it personally? Which I think is probably a much healthier way of understanding that we're always going to be looking at others. But we need to use this to enhance our superpower.
2: You also, though, you've grown in that where you get your comparison from has become much more sniper accurate.
1: It sounds vicious. What, what do you mean by this?
2: Uh, previously, you would have got your comparison from more of a general public business focus. Whereas now you get it from sport, obviously, that's a big one. You choose the individuals within organisations who might not be the top or the CEO, but they've done amazing things. People involved in racing, for example. You actually almost take their philosophies and that's where your comparison comes from. It doesn't come from the person walking down the street talking about the new car they've got. It's the person who designed the car.
1: That's the bit that we have to really work it out, what it is for us personally. And the thing is, what is it that drives us? And I think as soon as you trigger, why am I even comparing this? You start to realize that you're looking for something that you want to think about. Because when we filter the world, we're looking for solutions. But if all of us stand there and look at the same thing, we'll all filter for something different. I'm always looking for ways in which I can be better or get more of what I want. If you don't calibrate it in that way, you'll be looking at why do I always see what I don't want as opposed to why do I see the same thing, but it's built there to help me find what I want because it's identifying gaps. Yet we're conditioned to be, don't be jealous of those people, just stay in your own lane. And there is a lot of truth to that, but high performance means looking at trends, identifying your own gaps, and then actioning those points. That makes you more effective as a leader not spending your time getting worked up around why I don't have that.
2: The personal experience that I have with this was actually watching our team back in the day. It would be a good six, seven years ago now. And every Friday we would take half of the day off to do personal development. Part of that was going through an online portal almost of bettering oneself. The person who ran this is quite an infamous person in the business community. And they were talking about in one of the online courses His daughter wanted to go and be famous in a certain realm. And so she worked very hard to go and be famous. Out of, I think there were about seven people, six of them said, well, she only got it because of who her dad was. Their comparison was, well, that's not who I am. She's got so much more in her life. Whereas the other people who looked at that and said, that's really great. Here are the steps that she took, how she got to being where she got to be to. We took out the fact that her father was famous and we said, but here are the fundamentals. This is what she did. Our comparison was this detached, almost I can be impressed by this person and how they got to where they got to without taking it personally and without it being such a negative thing, well, I will never be there. And for me, that was a huge jump in my mindset that allowed me to see the difference in people's attitudes. You could come from nothing and build up. You could come from everything and fall down. It's not about that. It is this idea of compare yourself to the work that's being done and have a look at the outcome as opposed to, well, they got that and I never will.
1: I think you bring up an interesting point. When you're in small business and you start networking with smaller businesses, you realise how transactional it is and you realise that everyone's there under the guise of, I want to help you, you can help me, we can refer to each other, we can do business together. There's a false support there and it's very transactional. Whereas when you start to evolve into bigger businesses or people who are starting to get successful or become successful in their own right, you can see people still in that smaller business mindset. And it's not about the size of your business. It's the mindset around how you operate your life. I saw it the other day. It was an interesting conversation where I um, was giving someone an opportunity where I go, hey, this is going to be great for your business. Why don't you speak to this person? And you could do a deal here and it'd be really great. And the person said, what do I need to do for you? You're giving me an opportunity I want to send you. I go, no, no, this is not a transaction. I've got enough going on. This is an opportunity that I see for you and I want you to take. There's this whole transactional nature of when you move and you get around people who aren't comparing or not looking for one for one. They're just doing what they need to do because they're operating at a different level, you start to see that this transactional nature of comparison and all these small-minded type ideas that you need to develop in the early stages of your business career, you go through the scale of your next level of business, people aren't as transactional. The transaction is helping people in your community because you've got so much going on yourself. You're not looking for, if I give you a referral, you can give me one. It's just, oh, I like that person. I'd like to help them if I can. I think there's something about that that comes from the comparison and looking at others and realizing why am I still in this mindset of looking around and trying to work out what I can get from every opportunity? Not that entrepreneurially we don't do that, but we don't always look at it as simple transaction. When you start to have some momentum in your own life, you get less transactional and more relationship based. You don't care that others are successful you actually just want everyone to be successful because that's the world you're in because you're not worried about oh that could be an opportunity I could have made a little bit of money from that it's just not in your mindset anymore you don't care you actually don't want to get distracted in what you're doing but you're still able to generate more opportunity and help for others and you've got to look around at who am I dealing with and am I around people that actually are jealous are transactional are creating an energy in my networks that is not going to actually get me to the next level because you'll start to realize that perhaps I've outgrown this type of mindset and perhaps I'm ready for the next part, which is I know what I'm doing. I know how it's going to work. I know that there's a time lag in when I'm going to see the results maybe financially or from energy return and I'm committed to that now. You start to realize that you look less at what you don't have and more about where you can contribute. And it's funny how your financial results pretty much reflect where you're at as a human, which is a much deeper conversation, by the way. The question then is posed, How do I not be someone who's spending all my time worried about what I don't have and more time worried about what I'm doing? How do I now go, I think I've got something with my business. I know it's going to work. I understand where I'm trying to get to. I have faith that it will work. It needs that marination time. And by the way, that can be years. Don't get too impatient. I've seen a lot of people who've stopped early, pivoted way too quickly because they never gave... (laughs) Oh, Sorry, Just I was about to finish my point and then it made me laugh, thinking about clients that we've had in the past. They've run businesses for many, many years and they come in and go, great, now I've got this new way of doing business and sales. And they come back three weeks later and go, nothing much has changed yet. I go, well, you're 10 years going backwards. Now we're three weeks going forward. Give it a chance. We always have a laugh when a new client comes into the, the performance business. You've seen the journey so many times and you know when it's going to work. You try and behave in a way that when they're going through their breakthrough moments, which is, you know, I'm still doing all the right things and it's not there yet. And you know that it's just part of the process and you know it's just time and you know it always works and you have to act as though you really care because you care about them as a person, but you just know that just give it time. These things work. And I think this is the important thing about the next stage of how to use this, which is I trust that I've got something in my business. I can see where it's heading. I know that it requires some time. I can understand where the payoffs are. Now, if I'm saying these things and you're thinking, I've got no idea about that in my business, well, Lana, we're talking a little bit now about perhaps having a plan. What happens if I think I'm on track but I'm actually not off track and go, exactly, that's why we need a plan. Lana, strategic plans. When we started to implement these systematically in our company, We had, I think, in that year, what, quadruple growth in the company, whereas we were shooting from the hip, really, for the first few years.
2: This really annoying thing happens in business, which is going back to the fundamentals and the foundations. The simple things in Talking Marks are the things that make all of the difference. If you don't have a plan, how do you know if what you're doing is working? Because where's the direction? And it sounds so simple, and it is really annoying if you're a big picture thinker. Because you just want all the blue sky and all of the ideas.
1: Ah, wait a minute. Here we go. You're going to talk about the entrepreneur sitting out there going, I don't need a plan. I'm entrepreneurial. You don't get me. I'm a free thinker. Guess what? Entrepreneurs need structure. I promise you that is a lesson all visionary type people need to learn. If that's you still fighting that, re-listen to this in three years. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just, I, I think I'm talking to myself 10 years ago. Please continue.
2: Oh, no. You just happen to marry the structure in your life, so it's fine. You can be entrepreneurial. That is
1: now your nickname. in. You do whatever it takes in business to get there, Nigel. And if you have to marry your structure, well, that's – this can't be healthy. There's got to be therapists out there listening to this going, this is not healthy, you guys.
2: Yeah, so you need a strategic plan. And if we go back to compounding effects and comparison – If you're comparing yourself to person A, B and C, you have to know what their end goal is. Their end goal could be completely different to yours, at which point the comparison is almost moot because they've achieved something that has nothing to do with what you're actually trying to do. And if we go back to Tim moving in with my parents, people probably looked at that and thought, he's crazy. He could go and rent.
1: Things are not going that well for him. That's absolutely what they should have thought. They were probably right, but no, (laughs) (laughs) there was just a plan with
2: it. That's a lot of the time what some of us miss out, myself included, is if you're comparing in a negative way, you're almost looking at the then, the now, and what's happening or happened as opposed to, but my aim is to grow a multi-million dollar business. What's happening now is almost irrelevant to that in terms of your comparison because everything that's going to make the difference, you won't see. It's not about the Instagram post. It's not about the fast car. It's not about winning the award. It's about all those really annoying seeds that are being planted. It's the systems, it's the processes, it's the right people, it's the right mentors. That's what actually makes a huge difference and that's where your compounding effect, from my point of view, comes into it because either you can't show that or a lot of people who are successful don't want to show that. They're not publicly showing off their achievements because they know that that's not the game.
1: We have this conversation a lot. Even in this medium, in podcasts and the stuff you see on social media, you see a lot of what I'd call the usual suspects, people who are being interviewed or the, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say the publicity hounds. Their business is to become a social media presence. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. If you're out there and you're doing that, good on you. It's not a criticism. But it's not necessarily where the successful businesses play. And there's this illusion or delusion around, people looking at, oh, that person was on that podcast. They're really smart and go, well, well, they don't actually have a business behind them. They're talking about an experience they've had. But a lot of the really, really successful business people that have been doing year after year, they're not on social media. They're actually just living their lives and have huge successful businesses. And you would have never heard of them at all. And because we see this microchasm of, the celebrities in our little space. You might be in an industry where you could name three or four celebrities that you want to be just like them. Don't be too disheartened. They're not the ones doing all the big business. It's the tip of the iceberg. If you actually dig a little deeper, there are people you will never, ever know about doing amazing things in your industry. It's just in this you know, social media world that some people have used that as a marketing tactic because it's a good way to get to many people and sell products. You need to understand the game. And when you're looking at the game, it's such a small focus. You start to become comparative in the wrong ways. Instead of looking at how I can learn from that, you're looking at of, oh, what are they not doing? So you're trying to tear down their success or perceived success against your filter in life and where you're at and the frustrations you're going through. They only got that because they're only there because of that person. They're only there because mummy and daddy gave them money, which is just low-level stuff. You have to work out. What is my plan? And here's the important bit. Am I on track for my plan, not compared to anyone else? What are you actually trying to grow, build, or achieve? And have you set a timeline for it that's reasonable? Now the big question becomes what's reasonable? And this is where most entrepreneurs get in a spin because reasonable is different to all of us. So, if you got everything you want, but it took 70 years, is that reasonable? Maybe.
2: This is where the, the joyful of the plan comes into it. And this really is the difference between startup, scale up, and into investment. It's the infamous quote from Jeff Bezos when he had a down quarter and the media asked him about it he said, yes, this was planned for five years ago. He was five years ahead of the plan. Now, whether or not that's true, it's irrelevant right now. The plan of such a big company shows that you don't get taken off track by outside forces. And it's trained and it's not an easy thing to do because it's very easy to turn on social media and see comparisons. But it's almost in the jump that we all need to make is can we find the right comparisons that are Why am I comparison and how am I using it? I think we
1: get the point now that you need to check yourself around how you're interpreting comparison. The problem when you start to get some experience and maturity in business, you ask this question, I want to be just like that person or that company. And in there lies your biggest problem because you're not jealous of the comparison You're now starting to look at other people and companies as your goal. But here's the problem. They're already there and there ain't no room for two. So you need to start working out what are you going to stake in the world that is your version of what you want to do. Anytime I hear, I want to be just like that company, go work for them. But no, no, I want to be just like them. Why? They're already there. Let's substitute company with life. Where are you in your age, and where should you be by the measure of everyone you're comparing to? And are you actually using a healthy measurement there, or are you just using it to feel bad about yourself? So, as we've said on the podcast, I've recently turned 40, which was very fun during isolation, by the way. What a party! Thank you, Zoom, again. Some of my friends during these Zoom parties that we're having. Zoom parties, yeah, they're Zoom parties. And we're talking about, okay, what are the different facets of age and what do we focus on? Because if a lot of us are turning 40, these are old school friends. You know, we were talking about what does 40 to 50 look like? What should be the focus of people's lives? And it was just so interesting because everyone's got a diverse background of what their focus of the next decade is. Some are having kids, some are still growing companies, some are still on the adventure, some of them are Peter Panning their lives, How do you stay on track and how do you make sure you're still doing the things that you want to get in life, regardless of the age you're at? Because we've all had different experiences. The funny thing is, when you've got a strategic plan and you're following it, you're starting to now invest time, effort, and consistent energy into a framework that is going to shift, shift your results. And this is the funny thing is, When we look back at the comparison, the breakthrough moments you have in business. You could be sitting here one day going, why isn't any of this working? And the next day, have an opportunity because of all the work you've done, the planning, the effort. And the next day, the whole world looks completely different because of that opportunity, that thing that's paid off. And this is that whole idea of using comparison to streamline what your focus is and look for faster ways to get to where you want to go, but then relying on this compounding effort, knowing that there will be breakthrough moments in your business and in your life. It is a law of nature. It keeps going. The more pressure you put, the more energy into the right area, something's going to give because you just have a volume of, whether it's effort, whether it's energy, whether it's opportunity, something will pay off and this is that whole entrepreneur journey is comparison is ridiculous because it's only ridiculous today, not tomorrow when you've had the opportunity of a lifetime because of the years of effort you've put in. And because you haven't had that experience yet, it feels like you're behind in every way. And then you have that breakthrough moment every year, every day, and your life shifts absolutely dramatically. I remember being so frustrated when I was feeling like I was doing everything right and still not getting the tangible results. But this is that whole faith in your ability, your business, your life, that if you do the right things, something's going to give. When you start to understand that, you start to chill out a little bit around, okay, I don't have everything I want right now, but I know I'm on that pathway.
2: And so what would you say to someone who is probably there right now but thinks that I deserve this breakthrough now and they're almost finding it a little bit disheartening because as you say, it could be seven months, it could be 70 years.
1: I think it's very easy, which is why aren't you where you want to be right now? What is it? Well, I want more money. Great. What is the economic driver in your life? My business. Okay. What is it in your business that's not generating enough free cash flow for you to take more money out? Well, I don't have enough sales. Great get more sales. Well, I don't know how to get more sales. Now we know why you don't have what you want and you keep working it back. I want to have a holiday. I work so hard as an entrepreneur, I never have time for a holiday. Great, go on a holiday. I can't. I can't leave my business for more than a week. Why can't you leave your business more than a week? Well, I don't have the systems and processes and structures and people. Every time you have a frustration and you actually have a gentle, loving conversation with yourself, you'll realize that you're focusing on the wrong part of the problem. You'll realize that there's something in your mechanics that is missing, the gap, the root cause. And that's when things become excited because you realize the only reason I don't have everything I want is because I'm so focused on the outcome of not having it. I'm not walking backwards to see what part of my process is falling down in order not to get it. I want to have more money at my age, make more money at your age. I know it sounds so patronizing, but this is the mindset that we have to go through. People who say, "Well, I thought I'd have more at my age. You don't. What are you going to do now? Why don't you just sit there and say, "This is my age now. What are the best things I can do right now to get me to where I want to go? Where have I been wasting time and energy? That thing you've been doing for 20 years that hasn't paid off yet, is it going to pay off? If the answer is, "Yeah, it will. Keep doing it. Maybe there's ways of doing it faster. But this is this whole idea of using comparison to calibrate what you want to achieve and whether there's a faster way of getting there. But there's not that many people, if any, that have this overnight success. Lana, when you had your breakthrough in your business, we had a year where you basically quadrupled the size of the company. That was after years of pounding everything, going down roads that led nowhere, making bad decisions. We lost a lot of money doing some stuff.
2: The interesting thing about my breakthrough is, and this is going to sound so dumb, it came after a breakthrough. So, <laughs>
1: That's very meta.
2: Yeah, very meta. We had someone want to buy our business, one of the businesses. All the compounding efforts that I'd done in the years up to that allowed me to have said breakthrough. So suddenly we got bigger. We hired different staff. We got different clients. Our systems were built so strong and quite robust that they could take on that additional load and energy that was required. But it took an outside force saying, this is what we want from you, that allowed me personally to have said breakthrough of work hard and smart and fast and (laughs) long hours to get to that end goal. I wouldn't have been able to quadruple the business had I not done all of that hard work for the years before that made it seem really simple to everyone watching. But actually, it was those six years that meant this can happen. We can move fast.
1: And a lot of the time, people think a breakthrough is someone just handing you a $10 million check. A breakthrough can be you suddenly find yourself with more free time as the owner, being able to focus on more things that are in your wheelhouse, like the visionary work, the planning, the development, whatever your superpower is. It's not always a breakthrough of here's a big lump sum of cash, even though those times are very nice too. But it's understanding and when looking at your business is small things are breakthroughs. It's being able to take your first holiday without your laptop. That's a breakthrough moment. It's getting your first client or your first contract that is of significance that you're actually going to make money on it. Because a lot of time we don't when we're small. It's the breakthrough moment of realizing that you don't have any direct dealings with that department anymore because it's taken care of in the right way it's these constant little breakthroughs you have to acknowledge and you have to spend more time with your focus there because most people are looking at what they don't have externally and actually internally around holy moly i am progressing that's a really big step for me
0: that's where the power of comparison really comes into it you can take it down even into smaller steps A breakthrough could be the problem that would normally take you a week to fix, all of a sudden you're fixing in a day or an hour. And comparison to who you were before or your efforts before means that you can celebrate the wins along the way, even if you haven't achieved the big win.
1: So that's the real change you need to have in your business. If you find yourself comparing yourself to others regularly and looking at it from a point of view of why do they have that or how do they have that or why isn't my business there, that's the big evolution that we have when we're running a small business and trying to just get to a point versus getting to the end bit. And I, and I think the example that I spoke about earlier, which was a nice moment for me, but then I realised how ridiculous it was, was when we were running our businesses very early on, eating at a restaurant was a big deal. I would never go to the expensive dishes, just wouldn't do it. And one of my goals was, I want to be able to go to a restaurant and not look at prices. And I know it sounds ridiculous. And I remember writing the goals because I've got, as I've spoken about earlier on this podcast, I've got a group of friends and we've been goal setting and vision boarding and mind mapping for 20 years together. It's a great thing and we do it every quarter or every six months for a weekend. And one of the goals was I just want to be able to go to a restaurant and not think. I just wanted to be someone who could throw my credit card on and pay for the table. And I remember it happened a few years ago. And I just, without thinking, it was like, oh, no, I've got this one. And it was like, I don't know, there's a few people there. And end up being about a $1,200 dinner. But I remember not blinking an eye at not only what I had eaten, but just thinking I didn't even care what anyone else had. And I didn't even think about it as a dent to, okay, what's next? Where should we go next? It didn't register. And I remember at that point thinking, ah, that's the way this game works. That once upon a time, I was worried about whether I could afford to have a stake and that would be a special moment versus when your focus is on the things that you're doing, the efforts that you're going to and how they can get you to the point you want to be. You actually don't even have any awareness of the things that used to be the center of your world. You don't care about costs of little things that don't register as opposed to the early stages where all you had was that focus on what you couldn't have, couldn't afford, or what others could. For me, the realisation of all the things we're talking about today is if you have that discipline to put compounding efforts into key impact areas, the things that work, if you just allow that time to marinate You eventually get to a point where it just suddenly happens that you forget that you don't even think like that anymore. Jealousy is just a point to trigger where you need to focus on your own life. And if you use that as a tool, you're going to get there a lot quicker. Lana, Nigel, don't
2: be jealous. Just be happy
1: for me. I'll see you all next week. (laughs) See ya.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the show for this week and thanks for listening. I hope you took something away about the positive role that comparison can play in your business. As always, you can head on over to backable.ai to access all the downloadables we've put together. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and if you have a minute, please leave a review. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodobo, why not join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. That's it from us for now. Have a great week and look forward to next week. Bye.